0: Attention students, this is Principal Brickley talking. I want to inform you all that I have a fat, saggy butt, which I like to scratch every hour on the hour.
1: Get ready for the recess movie that broke all the rules.
2: Why Principal Brickley,
3: sir? What a surprise.
1: And change summer forever.
3: Summer vacation, the ultimate recess.
1: They thought school was over, but the mystery was
2: just beginning. I am gonna get rid of recess. No!
0: TJ, are you all right? Those guys at the school, they're doing some kind of evil experiment. That bonk on the head must have rattled your little brain. You wait right here. I'll go get the baby thermometer and the petroleum jelly. (gasps) Okay, that right there, that was messed up.
4: Now, they're going to save the world one playground
1: at a time. Get off our planet, alien scum! (laughs) Ninjas! (laughs) Get it. (laughs) On August 7th, oh!
0: Recess
5: will never be the same again.
0: We're going in. And no running in the halls.
5: Recess schools out.
0: Dad, Dad! AJ, did you run into the sliding glass door again?
2: Gah! Come back! Your mom's gonna want to take your temperature!
0: Coming to video and Disney DVD, August 7th.
2: one and all to the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast will review Disney television animation shows and sometimes movies. I'm your host, Joe Lideroche. Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom, we have David Gansel. You can't get rid of me that easily. Jonathan Harm. Hello, everyone. And joining us for the very first time here on the podcast without a cool acronym from Tempe, Arizona. You know who is Gulliheim on TikTok. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabby Terrell.
3: Hi, I just came here for the bagels.
2: And also joining us for the very first time from Durham, North Carolina, you know him for the best of Escape from Vault Disney and the Molly and Pippin show on his YouTube channel, Fireblast Studios. And you also know him from the Emperor's new podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Micah Hirsch. Boom, baby. <laughs>
4: How y'all doing?
3: Good. Doing okay. I'm, I don't have COVID, so I'm celebrating. Well, COVID that's now. good.
2: So that's a start. <laughs>
3: That's a start. We don't have
2: COVID, so that's a start. So today we're going to be talking about the 2001 feature film, which actually had a theatrical run, which is going to be an extreme rarity on this podcast, based on the beloved show Recess, created by Paul and Joe. Recess school's out. Which is, of course, about the longest recess ever—summer vacation—and more specifically, the fact that that summer vacation and every future summer vacation is under threat because a crazy dude wants to change the placement of a celestial body. And if that plot line sounds familiar, it's because it's a similar plot to Phineas and Ferb Save Summer. Oh,
4: curious. really. I was gonna say, is this the first DTVA summer? I mean, it, I don't know if there were summers and summer, if they if they had summer vacation plots and some of the um, Disney afternoon stuff or not.
0: Probably. I don't remember. I I don't remember like the early Disney afternoon shows making a particularly big deal about time of year at all.
3: No, um, especially ones that revolved around school. Technically, not. It's like they they kept repeating stuff. Well,
2: and there was the weekenders, but that, of course, just took place during the weekend. Just, and just right. on the weekends. The shortest summer vacation. <laughs> yes, the shortest summer vacation. And then there's those three-day weekends that are kind of like a little tiny vacation, but it's <laughs> slightly longer than a regular weekend.
3: Or there's four-day weekends in the case of um, Thanksgiving.
2: I actually remember one year where Veterans Day happened on a Wednesday, so we went to school Monday, Tuesday, and then we didn't have school on Wednesday, and then we went
0: back on Thursday, Friday. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. Why are we doing this? I had one semester in college where I tried to schedule just when I was scheduling my classes. I tried to get my day off on Wednesday, so instead of having a long weekend, I just had two really short weeks every week.
2: But why don't we talk about recess itself and what kind of what everyone's connection to that is?
3: I am a 90s baby. I was born in 94. So I was kind of in the demographic for recess and I grew up watching recess. And like I remember seeing like all the ads for recess schools out. I was like, yes, because I loved recess growing up. Recess was one of my favorite Disney Channel shows ever. It was like that and Lizzie McGuire and uh, a whole lot of other shows so
4: recess is like one of my favorite shows ever um i too um was born in 1994
3: and i remember
4: watching recess a lot as a kid though for a long time i didn't have disney channel and i had to watch it on one saturday morning on abc of course Uh, and i do remember i have seen this movie but it's been a while do you want me to talk about the bizarre things i remember from it yeah go ahead Yes. Um, I remember that after the movie, they play a music video of Green Tambourine. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I remember that the song, One is the Loneliest Number, is in the movie somewhere.
2: We're, yeah. we're definitely going to talk a bit about the music here. Because the music, I didn't, I remembered some of the choices that they made. But I don't remember, I didn't remember just how much they put into this. That so was like, really just kind of, it's almost like an awesome mix, honestly. Like the, the soundtrack that they came up with is very much awesome mix material i remember there was a scene with laser
4: tag and i know that the villain is james woods yes, yes. the villain is played by
2: james woods who is really really good at being a dick
3: well i mean I he's a dick why. in real life so exactly <laughs> perfect
0: perfect casting i i do remember when the movie was coming out one of the things they were heavily promoting was the soundtrack and how they actually licensed all these classic songs from the 60s which uh Obviously, they never did on the show because what TV show has the budget for that? Right, <laughs> um, you get one. Gravity and Falls
2: one time where they licensed Nine to Five and for the credits.
4: One time with Lean on Me. Other than that,
2: oh, and uh, all I do is win in Ducktales, which was just <laughs> yeah, so, so bizarre, great. but it's so great. Like every show can only get it one. Everybody gets one. So what and, was and the that just... Phineas and
0: Ferb did? Did they do
2: that ever? I don't think I don't
0: so. Remember. They just wrote all their own songs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did.
2: Oh, no, the one that Phineas and Ferb did that they, they took from another show or something was Crom for Hire, actually. Yes! Yep.
4: <laughs> I, I was thinking about bringing that up. I was going to say, they do all their own songs, except for that one time. Except for that well, it's, it's it's one it, 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 it was still Danny song. Jacob, yeah. It's Danny Jacob, so it's basically the same thing.
2: The other thing I found out when I was kind of doing some research about this movie is that apparently... Han Zimmer has a cameo in it, but he's not like doing any of the music composing, or maybe he did some of it because he's listed on the soundtrack album. But I looked on online and it said he plays the ninjas. I guess.
0: Oh yeah, now <laughs> I remember that too. Vaguely. <laughs> I don't remember the ninjas having any dialogue. Did he just do like ninja grunts? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's got to be Zimmer. So the ninjas are all like. Yes, exactly. Um, so this is yeah. Uh, Recess was one of the uh, original. It was part of the original one Saturday morning lineup when mm-hmm. ABC switched over from whatever their whatever they were doing earlier to launching one Saturday morning officially with Paul Rugg and everything. Um, I, I was uh, I was in middle school when I was watching Recess, so ostensibly I was too old for it, but here i am in my 30s still watching cartoons so yeah. so <laughs> i think i can to be okay watch with that. as
4: far as i'm concerned yeah
0: exactly um and recess was like i think the longest running mainstay of one saturday morning uh we watched we watched one saturday morning a lot because we didn't have cable and in fact where our house was we barely got any channel other than abc so Uh, Recess, I think, was in the lineup for the entirety of One Saturday Morning, even after they stopped showing Doug and Pepper Ann and the other uh, early ones when they had switched over to the Weekenders and Teacher's Pet and and all the sort of next batch. They were still showing Recess reruns in the One Saturday Morning lineup. It was just the long-running mainstay. And it's been quite a long time since I've really watched uh, Recess, but... At its best, it was pretty sharply satirical for a kid's show. At its worst, it was an acceptable kid's show, but at its best, it was it it had like that sort of Seinfeld thing of, you know, those archetypes we all know in real life. Well, here's the most exaggerated versions of them. Yeah. Fit fit into their very specific roles. Um, and of course, it, you know, drew a lot from both the Great Escape and Hogan's heroes. <laughs> Just in its aesthetic and its theme song, <laughs> and in its whole militarization, I, I watched a video essay a while ago, and I, I I can't remember what channel it was on, but it uh it pointed out that uh community was basically just recess for grownups,
1: um. uh,
0: right down to the fact that recess lasted six seasons and a movie. <laughs> There's a guy I, sub- I watch
4: um, video essays of named Toonrific Tariq. I don't know if he did a recess one or not. I can't remember. I don't know if at- I could be butchering his name. I don't uh, know.
0: At some point during the break, I'll look up uh, what the video essay I watched was. But um, yeah, it, it was at its best really sharply satirical, uh, really just sort of nailing those archetypes and, and really good at uh, presenting the world through a kid that age, like through their point of view where it's like the grown-ups are the enemy, the other kids like all the cliques are strictly regimented.
2: Sort of like the cliques you'd see in like high school musical.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or anything
2: like that where it's like They're
3: 10 times more savage. Like I was just watching the episode where um Spinelli gets inducted into the Ashley cult
0: Yes. Like... I remember that one. Yeah, oh no. my
3: god. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. I'd like uh. to
0: remind everyone that the Ashleys predate Mean Girls by seven years.
3: Scandalous. Yeah. Um. They're actually they remind me a lot of the girls from Clue, and I think they're really based off of um the the girls from Clue, like um Share and um, Clueless. I'm sorry.
1: Is it
4: Clueless?
3: Clueless. Clueless. Duh. Sorry, <laughs> oh my God. Clueless.
4: I'm. I couldn't help it. I just. Cause I I went to oh, Oscar, what? I went to I went to a film a film camp I think. Yes. And one of the guys who run the film camp was in Clueless, so that's why. Oh, nice. Was,
3: I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, Clueless. I guess that's where I am today. I'm Clueless. Yeah, the only so one sorry. that comes
2: to mind is uh, the, that's sort of a Mean Girls type of thing, but way the hell more violent is Heather's
3: yeah yeah um which has also her- has a musical oh yeah the heather musical rocks i love <laughs> heather's the musical
4: it has a musical and a tv series i think uh, well, i heard the tv series was not very good i haven't watched it so i just know un- it exists
3: from what i understand they showed the pilot and the pilot was so negatively received that they just kind of buried it just died. the show yeah. it was like the it was like the wonder woman show that they made in like 2011 with i remember the- that too and like the pilot wasn't even finished before yeah. like they just kind of buried it um
5: jonathan do we have did we get
3: your connection to
5: recess um, yet um uh, not yet um i'd say mine is pretty close to what what dave already said i was in middle school too when it, that came out and i didn't have disney channel growing up but at abc and that was also where i lived. just happened to be like one of the uh best reception of a tv station we could get was abc and it's like i can't say i didn't like it i just wasn't like a really huge fan of it it's probably because i was in middle school and it was about fourth graders but i, I did watch some, it sometimes whenever i wasn't doing something else and i think abc one saturday mornings i think uh, i think they used to show looney tunes on there if i remember right unless i'm thinking yes ABC. Was, was abc wasn't it
0: yes they really? showed uh the Bugs Bunny, the and, Bugs, Tweety Bunny show, and Tweety Show. Okay, because I watched that all the time. That was which, my favorite thing to watch. Which I believe was part of a syndication deal, like, like an ABC syndication deal that predated the, the Disney purchase of ABC. Oh,
1: yeah, that makes more sense. But
0: it was just always part of the lineup. But I do remember, even after like Disney One Saturday Morning launched, I remember the Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show was the only show that didn't... It still played the jingle during the commercial breaks, but it didn't actually show the Disney branding during the throw to commercials, during the commercial bumpers for one they Saturday show, morning. They
2: show, they still
0: show, they show
4: Shrek. Shrek and Despicable Me on Disney Channel for some reason, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: always baffled me, but I'm like, I guess the, they, they don't really care about the competition as much when it's Disney Channel just showing a movie. I don't know. Or went into magazine. Well, as,
0: as long as they can make money off the competition, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's mutually beneficial.
2: Right um so my connection to recess uh i i was born in 1997 so i'm the youngest one here i think oh you're a baby <laughs> i'm a baby i mean I'm a, so uh i never watched one saturday morning um uh, I, I primarily remember watching recess on um uh, just reruns on uh disney channel and Toon disney back at the, back in the day um and i also remember having this movie i believe on vhs and i watched it not as frequently as some other things but still I, I remember watching it um quite a bit as a kid so i have fond memories of watching this movie and i look forward to revisiting it so does anyone else have anything they want to say before we jump in um
0: i don't think so else? i do remember it, it's been a long time since i've watched this movie but i watched it several times when i was young uh i do think it's funny that uh notorious right-wing nutjob james woods is the villain in uh what i recall being a very pro hippie movie
3: (laughs) well yeah
0: that's just that's why it's perfect casting
3: yeah no and the the whole emphasis on the 60s music um again i watched it last night but of course i'm gonna watch it again to take more notes and stuff but the whole emphasis on 60s just makes it very delightful And I really enjoyed watching it.
2: So, we'll go watch the movie, and we'll be right back with our thoughts on Recess School's Out.
4: Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous studio run by a middle-aged CEO. In an era of princesses and flashy musical numbers, the studio decided to go in a different direction, and thus their most unique creation was born. And they called it... The Emperor's New Groove. But The Emperor's New Groove is more than just one movie. There's an entire expanded groove out there and I intend to explore it all on The Emperor's New Podcast. Hi, I'm Micah Hirsch, and I'll be your host on this whimsical journey as I'm joined by special guests to discuss every corner of this underrated franchise, from movies to television to theme parks. You can hear all about it on The Emperor's New Podcast, available on anchor spotify google podcasts and more be sure to stop by and give it a listen and remember
2: beware the groove so we just finished watching recess schools out that was a lot of fun
3: that really was
4: that
0: was a nostalgia trip for me Mm
3: -hmm. it was a fun little ride
0: it's a very strange movie but i very much respect it for how weird it gets (laughs) yeah
3: the best ending credits in my opinion
0: Yes.
2: Okay, yeah. actually, maybe second to um kick it up a notch from across the second dimension because that had slash. I mean, it's hard to beat
0: slash.
3: Okay. Hey, fair but enough. don't
0: discord <laughs> True. Okay, that
3: true. is Robert Goulet. All right. Robert Goulet is great.
0: Yeah, Robert Goulet also. Uh, even though the movie came out after Toy Story 2, the TV show did Robert Goulet doing Mikey's voice before Toy Story 2 did Robert Goulet doing Wheezy's singing voice. So, <laughs>
3: All right! Yeah! Remember that! <laughs> you got a friend in me.
0: You got a
5: friend in me. I also, I stop. feel like
0: 'm just gonna say also I there. feel like the internet doesn't talk enough about how spinelli is just the Bobby Hill voice but just yeah. like well, I mean, Texas. She
3: is Bobby Hill uh, that, she, that she is. is
0: it's it's good old Pam but uh yeah
3: <laughs> that's also pajama Sam
0: the the cast a lot of the cast went on to I mean the adult cast were all already famous you know right. dabney yeah. Coleman was well known obviously um mm-hmm. some of the kids went on you know Uh, Ashley Johnson, who's Gretchen, went on to show up in, like, show up in a million things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Among other things, the waitress Captain America saved in the first Avengers movie.
3: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I mean, most of the kids were just child actors of the time, but, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Lawson, the bully on the show, who shows up but doesn't say anything uh, in the movie, was Eric Von Detten, uh, who does appear in the movie as... Captain Brad but does not voice Lawson despite being credited as playing the voice of both.
3: So <laughs> I feel happens. like there were
0: some deleted scenes.
3: Right, there probably was.
0: I feel like there were a handful of deleted scenes throughout this film. Uh especially because there are several points in the movie where it feels like they have the beginning of an arc and the end of an arc but no real middle of that arc.
3: Yeah, it's like the the relationship between TJ and his sister, it's like they kind of resolved it very quickly because she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, why should I help my brother because he he's got my journal and stuff like that." And then TJ no, Mikey is like, "Because he's your brother." And she's just like, "Yeah, pull up to the next window." But then we don't really get that much of a like yeah. an emotional arc between them we get some semblance of that but it's like it's very unseen
2: there wasn't a mm-hmm. moment where the two of them were like fighting side by side during the the
0: climax that would have really been good for that
3: right right
0: i also remember now how highly hyped it was when the movie was coming out that we would finally see tj's older sister and she would be voiced by by uh, melissa joan hart yes right.
2: melissa joan hart is Becky. Joan
3: hart.
0: When she appeared on the show in the fifth grade years, they recast her, obviously,
3: right? Because Melissa Joan Hart was probably busy doing some other stuff, and now she directs Hallmark movies mostly.
0: <laughs> well, we all
2: find A our time or whatever, whatever network,
3: right? I think she doing was in the same same second God's Not again. Dead movie. God's Not, I believe dead too. so. <laughs> right, right. She's like a teacher or something. It's kind of weird. Uh, I just remember
2: head. we were watching this really head. bad um we were we were watching this really bad movie with um Mario Lopez, not the KFC one, but a different lifetime movie with Mario Lopez, uh, where he was uh, playing this principal who's also like a delivery driver for some reason. Uh, I don't know why the <laughs> principal hey, it's the Obama gig economy. doesn't pay, in, d- doesn't pay <laughs> enough to... Well, but it's like but it's like a UPS driver. I'm like, you can't do UPS as gig economy, can you? I don't know. I mean, know, it's but possible
3: they, with what they... You said he was like a principal and a...
2: And a UPS delivery driver. The principal... Oh, like yeah, no, that is class.
3: possible. The way they pay teachers, you know? I mean,
2: yeah, I guess. But um, but we're watching this terrible movie and then just randomly Melissa Joan Hart appears and it's like, what is Melissa Joan Hart doing here? And then I realized, oh, she directed this stupid movie. That's why.
3: She- <laughs> Speaking as somebody that works in education, um, watching this movie from the eyes of somebody that works in education, it's, it's a whole new perspective on things. Like the whole like all the monologues that Principal Prickly gives, it's just like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's I why just I went into in education.
2: As an adult, you get a really different perspective from when you're yeah. right, right. It's the whole the whole show of recess is uh, framed as, as kind of the kids just having to deal with whatever the adults are throwing at them. Mm-hmm. So I really like the way that this kind of gives a different perspective, and it's like, well, like yeah, but all of these adults were kids once. Um, um, so getting into the actual plot of the movie basically the whole thing is that um james woods's character um dr philliam benedict
3: that's betsy davis basically yeah. <laughs> betsy davis the boss yes Divos. E- e- yeah, yeah evil
0: uh, evil secretary of education yeah
3: who
2: was by the president for his extremist views i'm like well He was not exactly um, hiding any of that, was he? Like, how did they, how did you hire him to be the Secretary of Education and not realize that that was his platform?
0: Well, because you know they they thought the job would change him. They thought uh, (laughs) they thought he'd grow into it.
3: Or I mean, maybe the president at the time was probably George W. Bush. So
0: yeah, that that adds up. Also, uh, is is there a more is there a name that sounds more like it was invented during an improv game than Philium Benedict? <laughs> right. it's, it's like the lost superego character. It's like.
3: All right, here we are in the office of Dr. Philium Benedict. <laughs> yes, Philium <laughs> Benedict.
2: So he's in charge of this whole no recess because he's like. Oh, well, if the test scores go up, then I could maybe get elected president. So his his whole master plan is to move the moon so that the weather changes enough that there's no summer vacation.
3: Never mind the
2: uh, other repercussions of what moving the moon would do to yeah. the entire Plugging planet. the world into
3: a second ice age, for example. Yeah. yeah, that's okay.
2: As long as test scores go up. This is This is Pinky in the Brain level. Honestly, I don't even think Pinky in the Brain would be this lazy and insane at the same
0: time. It's very... um, Yeah, there are several holes in his plan that uh, (laughs) aren't really addressed by the movie. But again, the movie, like the show, runs on the logic of this is what the world looks like to kids. Um, Right.
3: right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, the government has ninjas that are just going to come and kidnap you, (laughs) despite... (laughs) one of my favorite things about maybe not favorite but one thing i had about this you know when they capture tj and they put him in like the the school and they keep him like overnight and stuff Mm. like how do his parents not notice (laughs) like i understand he's the second born kid or something but it's like that's your child how do you not notice your child not missing
4: maybe yeah Maybe they have what? Maybe they have whatever wrong with them that the Rugrats parents have wrong
0: with
3: them. <laughs> they, the they, they, had got bran- they got a syndrome.
0: Well, Jack Riley does do a voice in this movie, so it's possible. <laughs> Among the holes in the plan, the crux of the plan is that if it's snowing all the time, kids will stay inside and study. So, yeah,
3: no, they're not. That's a lot. Yeah.
0: Ha, has Philium never heard of video games <laughs> <laughs> or snow days? Or,
2: right. Yeah, I was gonna
4: say our snow days. That would have been in my head.
3: And I mean, like, it's the year 2000, so it's like, or 2001 or something, so there's going to be like a lot of video games and stuff. And besides that, when he's referencing the other countries, those countries also have summer vacations, sir.
0: Not only do those countries also have summer vacation, but he mentions Iceland when, like, Iceland you learn in is green.
1: Yeah, you
0: yeah, you learn in great, like great third ice. grade that Iceland and Greenland have switched name, or or have, you know, their names should be switched. So,
3: well, I mean, some secretary
0: I'll, of education he was.
3: Well, I mean, Iceland is also gets cold, but it is also very green. So
0: it does it does get cold, but it's not snowing there all the time as he like explained. Greenland as exactly. Uh,
2: as, as Mariah can attest to from last episode.
3: At the time I was watching that episode, it must have been the summer because I remember being like, there's no snow right now, which is <laughs> odd.
0: Yeah, we should have had our resident Canadian on too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I don't know anything about snow. I live in Arizona,
4: so. Oh, well, I lived in Ohio for seven years. It snows there sometimes.
3: This, this movie is full of good one lighters. <laughs> Like they go into the yeah. classroom at night and it's like, oh, this is our own classroom. And then Gus is like, I hope our gerbil's not dead. <laughs>
5: or I think he said, I hope somebody's feeding the gerbil. I hope
3: somebody's feeding yeah. the gerbil. I'm a black belt
2: in origami.
3: I will say the best lines of this movie belong to Miss Finster.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Miss yeah, Finster
3: mean. is just hilarious. I found myself (laughs) laughing out loud after everything she said. I think at one point when she gets stuck in the windows, which by the way, why in a secret rogue government testing center, why are you keeping windows open? (laughs) Anyway, no, she gets stuck in a window and she's like, curse these bodacious hips of mine." And I'm like, "Damn, that is a mood."
5: <laughs> and she tells Randall to go go back to her house to get the butter.
3: <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell rings. She's like, "Damn, if it was ten minutes, I, I could have gotten the pizza for free." Oh my god, I I love Miss Finster. Like she's arguably a terrible teacher, like yeah, I... from a kid and an adult standpoint, but. <laughs>
4: what i love How much i love this? that she looks her when they flash back to her younger her design looks absolutely nothing like of course. what you would imagine no she kids.
3: no she's young hot and beautiful and then like she talks and she's just like i can never love a man like you <laughs>
0: <laughs> this also we we've seen young finster on the show in an old yearbook photo and she was young and thin and beautiful and all that, but she had a completely different design that looked a lot closer to her older design. But like, uh, I but I guess that photo we saw on the show wasn't during her hippie phase. Oh, right. Yeah. It was probably
3: That's... during her um new wave phase, maybe or I don't know, possibly. 50s soft phase.
4: Sometimes it looks like she's part shark.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's got really weird teeth. Like she's always had weird teeth in the show, but it just kind of like comes out it's just
2: like, nah, nah, nah. like it, ray <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but she's kind of the perfect snapshot of that one administrator every school has yeah that, like, i remember what you have uh, to avoid at all costs uh, mm-hmm.
0: i remember on the subject of her teeth uh april winchell said that the way she does the voice is by just making the faces that finster makes and <laughs> it just makes the voice come out April Winchell, oh. daughter of Paul Winchell, original yes, voice of great, Tigger. Yes,
3: the great Paul <laughs> Winchell. Also, I think the inventor of the Winchell blade, or something, or
0: something like that. He 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 was like a jack of all trades, entrepreneur, voice actor, and ventriloquist. He was yeah. an interesting guy.
3: Didn't he? Wasn't he also a heart surgeon, or something? Or maybe I'm thinking about somebody else. Or
0: I can't remember. I just remember there were a lot of stories about him being sort of all over the map and the stuff. Right. <laughs> Good
4: old Paul Winchell. Um, does anyone want to talk about uh, the, the classic Disney logo, but with the kazoos? But yeah, oh, with the I kazoos. The opening <laughs>
0: fanfare, yeah. That.
3: Have you seen Soul yet?
0: I have not seen Soul yet.
3: Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh,
5: there's a Well, there's quite a few, uh, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but quite a few that they changed something in the opening fanfare. Yeah. Like uh, Frankenweenie
0: was one of them. I like, love Ritter
2: the word. Frankenweenie. I was thinking yeah. about that.
0: Yeah. This also this significantly predates 20th Century Fox having uh, Ralphie. Ralphie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, having Ralph Wiggum come out,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or having uh, Schroeder play it on his piano for the Peanuts movie.
3: <laughs> oh just,
4: yeah. This is just the trope of movies based on cartoons.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. One of many. Speaking of tropes, how, where did the 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 whole um trope with where the kid has the trench coat and has all the contraband? Where did that all come from? Like where what was the first show that did that?
3: I love Hustler Kid. <laughs> his name's Hustler Kid. His name is
0: his name is literally Hustler Kid. Uh, the, the whole trope goes back to, you know, even back to like the movies in the 40s and stuff with, like, hey, you want to buy a watch? You want to buy a sundial? Buy a sundial? <laughs> but
2: it just ended up becoming kind of a trope of a trope where it's, like, there's always this one kid at school that has, like, whatever you could possibly need at any given moment. Like, it's, it's stretched to just the the, the most cartoonish degree, um, like I a backpack. Like, uh, that has not whatever just doing cartoons either. Kind of like, yeah. Milo, but it's like Milo yeah. doesn't
5: like offer to sell things to kids. Though. Like they're not buying stuff from them Yeah, no, not, yeah he not, has. Yeah, Milo's not puzzling, But
2: yeah. <laughs> um. um. Oh, the other the other show that comes to mind, not a cartoon, but uh Boy Meets World, where the one guy has the uh, the tickets to to Florida. It's like, oh, we might need to break someone's
0: kneecaps while we're there. What? Uh, yeah, I, I I think it just comes. Uh, I think it just comes from combining writers remembering as a kid, there was always one kid who could get us everything, and combining <laughs> that with the trope of the sleazy salesman on the street. Uh, we all. We also never find out. Like, so Hustler Kid says he'll cover for Spinelli at, at camp, but it's going to cost her. We never find out what it costs her.
3: Probably five dollars.
0: Yeah, probably. these are are, you know what fourth graders these are fourth graders five dollars is like a lot of money to them Mm -hmm. i i I feel like it would cost her some uh i don't know i i feel like hustler kid usually deals in trades usually deals in uh you do you do a favor for me i do a favor for you it's probably like a can
5: of silly string or something that she had to give them
3: got a lot of candy bars or something maybe a comic book or two
2: so at the beginning of the movie they pull off this whole heist where because uh because miss finster is gonna sell all the ice cream from the school back to the district how much money is she actually gonna make off of that considering how much of that, how much of it would even be you know still good or not and not past its expiration date Oof. in real I real mean-
5: world the whole truckload prob- probably like a if- several hundred dollars maybe not it's, I mean, it's not going to be several thousand yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, like they loaded how many boxes on there about 20 or so and 20 or 30 and
3: and then they just go and launch the ice cream across and they probably get destroyed by the time they land on the field so I it's was, like the I kids are just that, eating too, like
2: this is not a very this is not a very good way to distribute ice cream to actually have it still be edible
3: no but again this is a kids movie so you know you're viewing it from the mind of a kid obviously it's gonna work they don't show you
4: the scene scene later where all the kids get sick
3: (laughs) right you don't
4: don't
2: see the scene where all the kids get sick exactly no Uh, that was
0: a different episode where uh all the kids except the main characters got sick from the fish tacos in the cafeteria so everybody (laughs) so like they had the school to themselves for like a full month or something oh my god Yeah, the school probably got
2: sued for that
3: one of my um favorite images in the um in the movie is when um, tj was when the all the main cast except tj goes off to camp and then tj is just riding through the lonely streets and he rides in the streets there's no cars the movie theater says it's closed i'm like
1: yeah
3: wow this is covid before covid
4: <laughs> yeah. uh, i was gonna yeah. say it's like this is pre-pandemic. What movie theater would be closed in the middle of summer?
3: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> well, you see, it was during those. That's
4: like movies. the busiest time for movies.
2: Unless it, mm-hmm. well, this this was during the the this was in two thousand one. So, like, what was
3: playing back then?
2: Uh, this movie. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs>
3: right. Um, I think Atlantis: The Lost Empire also came out around this. Yeah. Time. So
2: you know. Yeah. Not not a whole lot.
3: <laughs> not too much.
2: Do you
4: think this movie was going to, if that theater was open, it would be playing this
0: movie?
2: Maybe.
0: It would be be a nice little meta. Movie Movie in a movie. It's
2: like the the universe breaking part of Halloween H2O where they're watching uh, Scream 2. Wait, if you had done a double feature of the original Scream with Scream 2, you would have seen the, you you would have seen the original Halloween on TV. Yeah, that, that always bugged the me. The whole universe. Meta- well,
0: obviously, in the Halloween universe, the movie they were watching in Scream was a different movie.
4: Yeah. actors. Yeah. And it's like the whole Sim—they do that with Simpsons and Futurama too, where they're both shows within each other.
3: mm Hmm. One of my um, favorite lines is, like, the first time TJ goes to the police department, the police department laughs him off, and he's, like, he runs away. He's like, I'm going to be a taxpayer someday.
2: <laughs> like,
0: that was a very good line.
2: Yes. I love everything with the, with the cops, how the cops are, like, just not caring about anything. And then at the end, they still don't really believe anything that, any, that that's gone on at all. Like the parents even know by the end what's what's happened, and the cops still just like nope, they don't care.
3: Could be some interesting commentary about the state of the police department. Mm-hmm. Yes, perhaps.
0: <laughs> I mean, Re- recess always had a subtly leftist bent, so it's possible oh, yeah, we're definitely. saying A cab before everyone. Yeah, else. no,
3: yeah, no. This movie taught taught me to never trust the police. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. This movie also accurately showed that all the boomers who are hippies, they all grew up to stop caring about the things
3: they were once passionate about. Exactly. So. Like the whole speech about like, you know, the principal, Principal Prickley, obviously, you know, getting into education. He's like, I didn't want to get into education for like the pension plans and the retirement, which nobody goes into education for the pension plans and retirement. <laughs> let's face it. There's not that much to begin with. <laughs> but um he's, he's like no i went in to help kids and i kind of forgot about that and it's like oh shoot yeah you you do kind of forget about that also can we talk about how 60s principal probably looks like ringo star
0: Yeah, yes
3: <laughs> and they don't the have
0: people. him that had to have been intentional they even uh, have him playing the drums at the end just to drive it right home. That was That's
3: right. and i think at the end i think um tj dresses up as um george harrison
4: I believe, yeah. Oh, and believe then Vince, plays a
3: sitar. And That's I think cute. Vince
4: is Jimi Hendrix or
3: something. Yeah. Vince is Jimi Hendrix. And then everybody else is just generic 60s child. And then
0: they ran out, so they just made them all vaguely 60s. You
5: got right. This. I think in, in his flashback, though, when... Uh, wasn't there a drum set in the principal's office there in this flashback?
3: Uh.
0: I think I maybe I the... there
3: was there's a lot of cool Before, stuff in that yeah. office, though. That is like my dream <laughs> office. I want the beads and like the weird stuff and the oh, bean and bags. Some, the bean bag chair. Like that is the dream office right there. Yeah. Some of
5: that stuff in the flashback, though, I was wondering if that was supposed to be like TJ's imagination of what was going on because i mean all the peace signs and stuff painted all over the school i wonder if that was (laughs) really or if that or if tj was imagining that's how it looked because that's what his impression of what what hippies did and stuff that's what
4: pop culture teaches you about this i mean
3: yeah well i mean like at the end principal prickly is going through the stuff and he finds his peace sign necklace that he wore in the flashback so i mean it could be that but also there is a little bit of merit of to that's what actually happened, you know. Everybody yeah. just looked like '60s icons and all that. What <laughs> you know, is like a cartoon? It is a cartoon. Yeah. We got to think with cartoon logic here, obviously. <laughs> um, hey, here's a qu-
0: here, here's a question. What do we all think of the? Handful of shots in this movie with obviously CGI backgrounds and very flat characters pasted Ooh, on top of I, I, them. I have that in my notes. Oh,
1: it uh, okay. was the very
0: beginning. Well, not the very, very beginning, but that beginning shot
5: where they it was a 3D rotating it or, or like mm-hmm. above the yeah. school. And then there was that one at the end where they rotated out and above. And that was very obviously CGI. Yes, I have And it's like the, uh, the, the sides and roofs of the houses and stuff were just flat color. There was no texture
0: on them. Yeah,
5: <laughs> but it's, it's have... very
0: PlayStation One. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking CGI it was really
3: cool at the time, written. and then like you know, watching it now in twenty twenty one, it's like
4: every time there was a two D movie based on a two D TV show, they would do this where they would have scenes with conspicuous CGI in them.
3: It's to make them look cooler. Because, because yeah. also, I wanted to do this. Also, in like the opening shot, the opening CG shot, you can literally see a bunch of the kids are just copied and pasted in various places. There's like one kid that's like blonde that's just copied and pasted from one crowd scene to another yeah. crowd scene. I'm just like, Ooh.
0: which is which is <laughs> wild because there are so many character designs from the show who don't show up in the movie. Like there were plenty yeah. of cameos from characters from the show, but a lot of, like where's corn chip girl? Where's yeah. like, Wait, wait, Where, where's all these other side characters where's the girl where's, on the
3: swing like yeah um, oh yeah swing girl she's not in this yeah
0: yeah we only we only briefly get upside down girl
3: yeah and she's complaining how everything's going to be turned right side up
0: <laughs> yeah
5: i really like that one see this was made in 2001 and well the little mermaid was made in 1989 i believe yeah I and it had yeah. and it had a few uh uh, shots in the little mermaid like the very the beginning where the ships were it was kind of rotating yeah, around the ships and there was a scene with the staircase where she was running yeah. the staircase but i think i read it was either on a wiki or maybe it was on the dvd commentary or something that they said that they actually had uh ink and painters paint all of those scenes by hand but they used the uh, wireframe model well for, uh, cg to to do yeah. that
4: You bring up CG and 2D movies and it just... I can't help it. Um, And in some movies, it'll be more conspicuous. In some movies, they will really try to um, hide it.
1: Mm -hmm. Depends
0: on the movie, I guess. Mm -hmm. They also this clearly had a bigger budget than any episode of the show but it still didn't have as big a budget as something that was actually in the animated canon yeah
2: right it feels kind of like with some of those with some of the shots they're like oh we have the budget to try to do these complicated shots but then they didn't really have the budget to really do them well or Mm -hmm. they did but there's like some obvious imperfections with it Mm -hmm. like there's a there's a, a sweeping shot at the end where you see the kids with their parents, and it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're gonna move past this character, they'll do their one action and freeze, and then we'll move past the next character, and they'll do their action and then freeze. It was like watching a bunch of animations play out on a PowerPoint slide. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. that's kinda, that kinda happens a lot in these movies, I think.
5: I did notice there was a, uh, like a multi-plane pan and zoom, in there, I don't know, if they, they probably didn't do that much in the series though. Because that's
2: oh, yeah, because those are expensive shots, those are expensive. That, that was when, right. they, when they were
5: done singing uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. That mm-hmm. yeah. when it was panning over yeah, to the school, so cool. yeah, when it panned over to the school, you could see the trees were moving more, Barely. slowly, and then the yeah, and then they, mm-hmm. zoomed, yeah, you could tell, yeah, it was
2: unsurprisingly, a, any kind of shots like that where they actually use. Animation techniques that have been used for decades and decades age way better than trying to use crappy 2000 CGI. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
3: Um, That beginning scene. Oh,
0: go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the look of the movie in general is fascinating to me because, like, the early seasons of the show had a very gritty, sketchy look to them. Like, there were a lot of sketch lines in the backgrounds and everything. partly just to make the school look run down. Like it's Mm -hmm. a very underfunded public school. And, uh, and, uh, then as the show went on, the artwork kind of got cleaned up more in the later seasons, everything started looking a little more polished, a little less gritty. And I know there's debate in the fandom as to which look is better. Um, but since this was after the original run of the show, before they came back for taking the fifth grade, uh, by this point they're at their you know cleanest look you know the the colors are all filled in all the way tightly no like sketchiness to them and yeah. it uh it it looks very polished in a way that i don't dislike but it is uh missing some of the charm and it looks a little too uh it looks Would it looks clean? a little too yeah, it looks a little too sterile in some places. And I don't know how much of that was just like, if you're gonna put your show in the theater, you need to make it look as nice, quote unquote, as possible. And right. yeah.
4: Right. They, they seem to do that a lot. Um, I noticed there was a lot of like, you know, without, whenever they do a movie like this, there's always lots and lots of shading and lighting techniques to make the 2D characters stand out more.
3: Um. So that beginning scene, Um. You'd think a government facility in the desert would be a bit more, you know, protected, other than like a gate, you know.
2: It <laughs> the third Street. It's going to end at Third Street.
3: God, that, so um... so yeah,
0: they 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 had to. Just, so just driving through the gate was the easy part. Then they had to bring that entire tractor beam all the way to whatever state Third Street is in.
3: And then install yeah, so- that tractor beam oh, and all but- that technology into the school and install a retractable roof to get that <laughs> freaking satellite in I was say, without anybody you, noticing. How do you like,
2: install a, a retractable roof onto
3: a public school without anybody <laughs> noticing? Where did they get the budget for that? <laughs>
2: From the ice cream that they returned
3: i guess i guess um miss Finster was hustling it, when she said chalk and um chalk dust and erasers she really meant a retractable um school beam thing every every every, every school needs that yeah totally this does not look
2: like an auditorium and why are there these catwalks on on different levels set up like a freaking platform game, where there's actually doors that open to hallways. And how many stories is this school? Is it three stories? Really? I think they the added target.
3: they added all these stuff all this stuff while they put in the um when they put in the satellites and stuff. They're like, huh, we're might as well here. We'll just make this into a video game level now. Whatever. <laughs> The, the the different levels
2: is very dynamic for the finale and right. it makes sense the why, why they wanted to have that but it also doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in terms of the actual structure of this little school in this neighborhood
3: right it's again it's it's a it's a cartoon and it's from a kid's point of view so from a kid's Art point fan. of view everything is going to be multi-leveled and amazing
4: everything's bigger basically like, mm-hmm. the principal prickly is big you know yeah
3: right kid. Um, one of my favorite scenes in this is like the climax when Miss Finster shows up and she's in that green jumpsuit just scrolls down and she's like hey, teacher, leave them kids alone, quoting the wall. (laughs) And then all the teachers sort of drop it on a rope and start beating the crap out of all these secret government agents. And I'm like, you know, I don't really know any sort of kid show where you have the teachers also teaming up with the kids to fight the bad guys. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is an example that I'm forgetting it's
2: a weird thing to have happen
3: right right and that's what i love about it because like you realize that oh yeah these ki- these adults do care about these children and they do care about all of this you know it's, also very it's nice
2: just to have for once any sort of also kind of nice to have a kids movie with a crazy sci-fi plot where the adults actually do find out about what's going on and are on board with the fact that it happened and they save the day and everything
3: right right where the adults actually do care and are actually nice to the kids maybe decent to the kids you know
5: yeah and they're yeah like Chandler was saying they get involved in it and they're not just the kids save the day, and then the parents find out at the very end and go, oh, I guess you were right all along. At oh, well,
2: you, you escaped from camp, but that's really
3: cool. <laughs> One of my um, favorite, another favorite little witty one-liner that they have is like when James Woods is like, where is the place with the highest test scores? And like, you know, Gretchen's like Japan, and somebody says like Norway. And then um, <laughs> Mikey comes and he's like, Tierra del Fuego? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but this is really the ultimate kid fantasy. I remember watching this and like, I wanted my school to be like the recess school where, you know, your recess goes on and like all these different cool things are happening on the playground. You got the Ashley bolt and you got the, um, <laughs> and you got like, um, the, the hustler kid and all that. I really wanted that to be my school. And I was very disappointed when, I had a regular old school, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. When the, cl- when the cliques didn't have fun secret clubhouses or anything, they were just mean to each other.
3: <laughs> right. I, I wish my elementary school experience was the recess experience, but alas, I do not live in a Disney cartoon. I also love how dumb the security officers are when they're going through with the plans on stuff. They they put like Mikey up and he's I have Robert Goulet singing um mm-hmm. Italian opera. And they're just like, yeah, just go check it out. And they keep falling down the hole. And instead of I anybody going run. to be like, oh shit, man down, <laughs> you know, and like myself
5: or but any of you who are point... down in the hole yelling to the one who's <laughs> running towards them, stop, there's a hole right here. Right. I also heard them. Gilbert and Sullivan in
4: that scene, I believe.
3: The little buttercup and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like um the yeah that's uh... one of
2: the guards falling into that hole should have been a Wilhelm scream. So...
0: <laughs> there were there were also just an infinite number of guards apparently like yeah. whatever whatever the, the video budget video. for Phileas plan is like he. Either he just called in a shit ton of favors or he just had really deep pockets to pay for not only the science, but also just random guards to stand around the school.
2: uh, uh, Smuggling a lot of... We need to talk about about how... Because this is his whole plan to potentially become president. So is he going to take credit for the fact that the weather changed?
0: Is he going to... I am going to take sole credit for... The most extreme case of climate change in recorded history, and <laughs> they will it. reward me. <laughs> the I'm test plunge, scores are up.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna plunge the US into a second ice age for test scores, and this is gonna be a good thing.
2: I mean, here that I is, was all you had to do was bankrupt a couple of casinos and have some someone else write a book about it.
3: God. <laughs> but yeah, that is kind of a testament to, I guess. Uh, the underlying political message on like how there'll there is people out there that do not care if they plunge the world into a second ice age as long as those test scores are good then what then that's fine who cares
4: yeah that i don't know i have experience with test scores but i have had very unpleasant experiences in elementary school particularly from teachers who i i guess giving benefit of a doubt just weren't equipped to handle someone who wasn't neurotypical, I guess.
3: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been there. Schools will, will
2: be like, oh, hey, you're gifted, and they throw you in that, and then that's all they really do.
3: Or they kind of just ignore your IEP. And they
4: say, hey, this didn't work the first time, but I'm sure if we keep doing it over and over again, sending you to this class, teaching you the exact same way,
5: mm-hmm. it'll work. So- yeah, that's definitely not the definition of insanity, right?
2: i know right (laughs) so so far up their ass with standardized testing it's like this ruins everything else because so much of it has to be okay well we don't want to actually do this but we have to do it because it's what we have to have you guys do with the standardized testing it's like it's not it's not learning for the sake of learning it's learning so that you can be you can do well in an algorithm
3: right right that's that's just that's been the state of you know, education when I was growing up and I guess it's still the state of education now coming from somebody that works in education. There is some, there's a lot of things that I have to put up with where I'm just like, really, do we really have to do this? Do we really have to do that? It's like, but whatever, I'm just a tutor. What do I know?
2: And it's, it's nice to know that even back in the late sixties, at least someone was like, this is not what needs to be the focus. It's you know. you know,
3: Principal Prickly did have a good idea yeah, of having right. class outside during recess. I'm like, you know what? That is an idea that actually tracks, and I think like some, maybe maybe some places have put that into place. I'm not too certain about I'm that.
2: Of the the Lego Simpsons episode where um bard is tasked with
0: rebuilding the school <gasps> what have you done to my school
1: i put in a rock climbing
3: wall all the classrooms are skate parks we got zipline stairwells terminator gym teachers your office is now a haunted forest extra ghosts and if you can believe it two tetherball poles
2: and uh, he uses ralph's head as the language lab i guess uh, and Principal Skinner's
0: like, "How will children learn if they don't feel like they're in kid jail?" <laughs> the uh, the idea that never really gets much pushback from the movie itself, because again, the movie is from the kids' point of view, not from the actual rational adults' point of view, is uh, nobody points out to philium that uh, recess is kind of necessary to prevent burnout. <laughs> that yeah. that that constant studying will not, in fact, make test scores go up.
2: Right, it's almost like that'll actually make it go down.
0: The movie just knows that he can't be reasoned with and we just need to skip straight to stopping him.
2: He's just insane. That's why the president fired him, but he's going ahead with this anyway.
3: Right, he's going rogue. He's a rogue government agent that looks like a young Dennis Hopper in flashbacks.
4: (laughs) He also kind of looks like James Woods.
0: Well, yeah,
3: no, he looks a lot like James Woods, actually. I was like, it's like if James Woods and Dennis Hopper had a baby.
0: I wonder if they offered it to Dennis Hopper because it, it it's a role he also would have made a lot of sense in.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. But I guess maybe he turned it down because it's like, nah, <laughs> I don't want to do this. This is a kid show.
0: I I want to I do Meet the Deedles instead.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. The recess is below me. I'm going to do the Super Mario Brothers movie.
0: And <laughs> Meet the Deedles, as mentioned. <laughs> yep. Um... Oh, by the way, the video essay I mentioned uh, b- before in the intro uh, was by the channel Just Right, and it's a video essay called A Disney Monopoly is a Problem According to Disney's Recess. Uh, yeah,
4: I haven't watched that, but I have seen thumbnails for it. i would have to check it out.
3: I'm going to have to check that out, too. That sounds really, really interesting.
0: It's uh, specifically about the uh, Economics of Recess episode with the uh, with the trading card game that was... Uh, kind of the show's parody of Pokemon and other mm-hmm. similar trends among children, but also just its satire of capitalism.
3: hmm right. This was a, again, very good show. Very, very, very good show. I really love a lot of it. It,
0: it also, like, I know a lot of the writers had previously been Simpsons writers. Uh,
3: you know, that which, makes a lot of sense.
0: Which, which I think... Yeah. To, which I think is why, on the show, the superintendent is named Skinner.
3: Uh... Right! Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. That's One of my... um. I a it's steam from the steamed clams we're going to be having. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want me quoting that um that steamed hams. I'm just going to be quoting it all night.
5: <laughs> I haven't watched a whole lot of the series in, well, in a long time. <laughs>
0: like um was the superintendent on there often or was he only in the movie uh the superintendent on the show was a different character than the superintendent oh, it wasn't in the movie. robert stack it was not robert stack on the show oh, okay. but he uh he only showed up occasionally on the show he was like a, a light recurring character mm-hmm. um but uh
2: which makes sense because in an actual public school you wouldn't see the superintendent all the time it would just be whatever.
3: yeah right yeah also, one of my little favorite things um, when when they're in the '60s flashback and um, Principal Prickly is like, "I was meditating to a Ravi Shankar album." I was yes. like, "It's probably dropping acid too, sir."
0: <laughs> Most likely.
3: Most likely dropping some acid. Well, the,
2: in the, the present day, Miss um, Grogi is talking about, you know, well, I'm 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 sad that you all are leaving me, but other than that, it's the ultimate high. I'm like, did she just say that? no miss
3: miss grokey is a g i love miss grokey (laughs) the ultimate teacher yeah i love how the kindergartners are the special forces yeah Yeah, they're just like a guerrilla army i i
2: i I had to do volunteering with um with kindergartners um helping them out for health class i don't remember exactly why that was a thing we had to do but
3: Mm -hmm.
2: i can confirm they are they are a handful
3: well, um I've never really worked with kindergartners, but I did do a stint in daycare once. So with um pre-K kids and those that's pretty much in the same league. They're frightening and scary.
4: I have experience from some as someone who once was a kindergartner.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. We were all kindergartners we were, we were once all at kindergartners some point.
5: Yeah.
3: We were all frightening but, and scary. Yeah,
5: it's not inconceivable that the ninjas would run away from kindergartners. Yeah,
3: no, I too would run away from a horde of kindergartners if they were running after me.
4: Yeah, me too probably. <laughs> Those kids yeah. are
3: scary. 5-year-olds just do not care. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: a couple of uh sort of cameos of characters and elements from the show that only briefly show up uh as we mentioned Upside Down Girl only has the brief cameo. Right. Lawson has the brief non-speaking cameo where he's shot in the face with silly string and -hmm. approves. Um, The voice changer device they're using did appear on the show before the movie. I do not remember the full context in which it appears, but I remember they used that invention uh, at least once or twice. Um, And uh, when, when they're making the call as, Arlie Ermy as Colonel O'Malley. Oh they are yeah. Making, they are making it uh, outside uh, Kelso's convenience store, which was a frequent hangout on this on the series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like I said, there are a lot of little touches, just like moments for people familiar with the show and the world, like that. And then just so many characters who had like multiple episode appearances just kind of got swept under the rug. Yep. <laughs> and I, I don't know where they drew the line.
3: Yeah, they're just like I guess Swing Swing Girls had too many episodes. We just got to push her to the side. She's not that important. <laughs> I guess. Um it does that does kind of have an interesting commentary about how we push kids to into deciding what they want to do for the rest of their life at very early ages with the summer mm-hmm. camps and stuff. How and how 9-year-olds were we have we're having like 9 to 10-year-olds being that anxious about what they want to do for the rest of their life and it's like and then they just sort of realize after that it's like you know what that's not important right now what's important is like being a kid and skipping rocks and riding bikes and stuff and it's like yeah you know and
0: yeah the the main sort of philosophical uh conflict of internal conflict of this movie is like tj and the gang being pulled between childhood and early adulthood right and and feeling pressured to grow up too quickly
3: exactly and
0: and benedict's plan really represents saying goodbye to childhood fun and innocence
3: exactly and into the cold-hearted um drone lab of test scores
0: yes so it's the movie isn't necessarily particularly deep when it comes to that uh, philosophical conflict, but it, you know, it touches on it and it's uh, sort of the the driving, you know, it, it's not just TJ's loneliness that's the problem he's dealing with. It's also the knowledge that he's losing his childhood. Uh,
3: exactly. Yeah.
0: The fourth grader.
2: That's yeah. Like, that's Like the, the kind of arc that um, TJ and Prickly go through where they kind of reach an understanding
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I, re- I really like how that was done that was nicely handled
3: right um one of my uh, the parents tj's parents are just are very interesting they're just their son they're clearly depressed son you know you <laughs> listen his friends and they're just like oh you're finally awake you can't be moping around the house you're gonna waste your summer summer away i'm like what do you expect him to do he is resting <laughs> let him sleep <laughs> i'm and then they're just like oh yes. look your older sister is going to be assistant fry cook at floppy burger why can't you do anything i'm like ma'am he is 10 years old he <laughs> exactly. cannot legally do yeah. any work.
5: well maybe, maybe that whole bit was kind of a commentary on how it's, i think a lot of adults know but just seem to not understand or quite grasp exactly. that kids need more sleep than adults do. you know it's like yeah. When I was that age, I would stay up really late and sleep really late. And
3: right. I now I meet...
5: go to bed earlier and i wake up earlier and sleep I sleep less. To, it's
3: just, I used to stay up till four in the morning watching, um, tune Disney and, te- and like, um, tailspin and all of that <laughs> during that age. And yeah, that really kind of speaks to that.
5: Yeah. It's like younger kids, teens, preteens need, like, need, like Nine to ten hours of sleep, whereas when you get older and adult, you can function well on seven, no eight, sleep, eight, six to seven <laughs> hours, or yeah, sometimes four to five, or no, no sleep. Yeah, yeah. No, and sleep they're just, better. yeah, so like they're just not parents, there seem to not really be understanding of him needing sleep when they're telling him, Oh, you need to quit moping around the house, you go. Know,
2: Yeah, yeah, you're finally up. You know, it always drove me crazy in uh, high school that there's all these studies that confirm that teenagers do better when they're allowed to sleep in and go to school later.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Every single friggin' high school starts at, like, 7 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you making these teenagers get out of bed at 5 in the morning so they can be to school by 7 a.m.? You know, when, when you, you can have them sleep in later and have them get out of school later. Because it, it just, it makes too um, much sense. Well, no, I'll tell you what the, what the answer is. The answer is we only have so many buses and we have to run them for all of the levels of school. And it's easier to say that we're going to have the older kids get up earlier because they have to be walking to the bus stop in the dark.
3: That You know, that's a fair point. But... That's, the, that's the argument
2: that I heard. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that, makes sense but it's still not right
3: right exactly yeah. it's like okay okay argument i still don't agree with it
2: because it's like you're still not giving people the best shot at it by making them get up earlier i'm mm-hmm. gonna get up early for school sucked oh yeah yeah um
3: but yeah the the soundtrack is a really really great soundtrack the, the way they use 60 songs in it and of course they I think they wanted to use it because they wanted the flashback to the 60s and all that or
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, the, I, I love it and the and the, Tail of sunshine, Let the, sun the sunshine sunshine the sunshine sunshine That's from Hair, right?
2: Yeah, that was I think uh, so, yeah. 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 That that song is uh the second half of the uh, Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
4: The age of yes.
5: <laughs> yeah, when i started watching this this morning i you know i didn't look up anything didn't do any research about it and you know, i was pleasantly surprised to hear dancing in the street Yeah, because i was thinking okay it's a disney movie they're probably just going to produce all their music in-house Have mm-hmm. it be, you know no i was surprised to hear a whole bunch of uh, 60s hits in the in
2: and the it's movie. interesting because that was never an element of the show they just decided to do that for this movie yeah, it makes it, uh, it because they a done. The, the the tie-in with the 60s to kind of tie it back to this is um this is who the teachers were back then this is who they
3: are now and the, what they forgot about when, as as those years creep by and as they were continue to work, they just kind of forgot what they were working for. And then this kind of event comes together and just like, oh yeah, this is why we teach. This is
2: why we do this. And also, it kind of, it kind of, I think also thinking about that, it kind of confirms that you know, being a kid hasn't really changed, even with all the technology that's advanced between then and now. It right. It still is you know, summer vacation is still just the best time of your life if you, you know, get to actually go spend time with your friends and do
0: basically whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It does, as much as I enjoy the 60s-centric nature of this movie, it does have a little bit of that boomer, self-congratulatory, look how right we were about everything back then mentality. (laughs) Oh, for sure.
3: Definitely. Yeah. I mean,
0: but at least it does acknowledge that, like, hey, we as a generation kind of lost sight of what we used to believe in. So exactly. I, I give it credit for that.
3: There's
2: also some kind of fun setup
0: payoff things that happen um, mm-hmm. in the, the movie.
2: Like, I love the, I love the bit with the corn chowder where it's like, okay, you know that's going to come back because otherwise, why would they mention it? Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff yeah.
3: kind of comes back in and set, a lot of stuff is a setup and then it comes together in the end. And that's pretty great.
5: And TJ's baseball that he, oh, I was looking for that, and he stops it in his pocket for yeah, later. Yeah,
4: I love it when movies have. I mean, I guess most movies probably do that, but I love when they have the setup and payoff like that.
3: The Spinelli's wrestling move. She goes to wrestling camp. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> One of the threads that really feels like something was deleted from is uh, Vince with the throw it, right. don't aim it.
3: Right. Yeah, there was was, there's got to be something there that was deleted because like they they briefly mention it in the summer camp, and then like they don't ever mention it again until like the end where TJ's just like throw it, just just aim it, aim it, actually aim it this time.
0: Yeah, yeah, confused me. It they they make a much bigger deal out of it as just a simple callback than it should be unless there was like an entire arc there for Vince that just got cut for time yeah
2: mm-hmm. cuz each of the kids gets a moment to shine and obviously we get them all hanging out together in the treehouse but it really is uh TJ's story it really is primarily TJ's story
0: yeah oh yeah the the core relationship of the movie is TJ and Prickly and mm-hmm. and them you know, learning from each other and Mm -hmm. helping each other rediscover what they need to know and everything. Um, But, you know, you can't do the recess movie without the whole recess gang.
3: Exactly. Exactly. There is no recess without all five of them. If there isn't, if there's a combination of Mikey, Spinelli, Vince, Gus, TJ, it's like, and Gretchen. Completely completely forgot about Gretchen. Oops.
0: Well, that (laughs) was the... uh, uh, I mean, that was the whole thesis of what was originally written to be the series finale uh, before they kept reviving it. Um, uh, The episode Lawson and his friends where basically Lawson and the bully characters replace TJ and the gang as like the main gang on the playground. Um, Mm -hmm. But what ends up being their undoing is that Lawson and menlo and randall and everyone else aren't actually friends with each other
3: right 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 they don't really care about each other whereas like tj and the gang actually do care about each other because they're actually friends and they like each other and nobody likes randall because he is a snitch
0: and and the gang comes to the realization the gang comes to the realization that the thing that makes them special is that they each have five best friends in in each other so uh yeah, the it, it is canon that their friendship is the source of their powers.
3: <laughs> my friends are my power.
2: The real power powers also, friends we made along the way.
3: Speaking of Kingdom Hearts, the guy that plays Randall in the series and in the movie also is the voice of Demiex in the Kingdom Hearts series. <laughs> Just a, a little interesting tidbit there. Um I mean, he's technically like a slimy little weasel character in Kingdom Hearts in the Kingdom Hearts series as well for different reasons. So it's like, oh, I, I guess you have a type of character that's that there.
4: This seems to just be a thing with characters named Randall that they're <laughs> sleazy or there's something slimy about them.
3: Or they're just straight up <laughs> snitches.
2: Yeah, is this just generally true of people named Randall? I don't know.
0: Is, is, is Randall just the wormiest name?
3: The Randall population in prison is most likely to get beaten up. I mean, much like Randall in
0: Monsters, Inc., I fully believe that a grown-up version of Randall in Recess would be Steve Buscemi. <laughs>
3: <You're> right.
2: <laughs> so some other voices I just want to quickly um, throw out though that are in there. So we mentioned um, Clancy Brown as Kojak. Mm -hmm. the same -hmm. character as in Phineas and Ferb Get Busted. Pretty much,
0: yeah.
3: Pretty much playing Um, Clancy Brown, tough guy.
0: Tough
3: guy,
0: mm -hmm. Clancy Brown. Um, Clancy Brown, who was also a regular on Paul and Joe's other series, Lloyd in Space.
3: Right! I forgot about that series.
2: There's also um, Dietrich Bader as one of the guards. I'm not sure
0: which one. Diedrich Bader, also a regular on Lloyd and Space. <laughs> Paul and Joe like to pull from the same voice talent.
2: Dan Castellaneta. And we were talking about this and we ended up talking about um, Fantasmic earlier before you joined, Dave. But uh, Tony J is
0: Dr. Rosenthal. Tony, Tony J, terrified of getting detention.
3: <laughs> no, don't give me detention. Sir, you saying hellfire? I don't think you'd be terrified of this. But.
0: It's, it's honestly the most vulnerable I've ever heard Tony J's voice. <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> oh no, not <laughs> detention! And it's so it's funny because he is the, he's, and his his voice is just very recognizable. So when he started talking, I'm like, I you of you, you, you gotta do that snap. It's like ah, that's Tony J.
4: We've got to have money.
3: got <laughs> one of those things where it's
2: really funny to hear like, an adult be terrified of drag of being dragged into something that's like, you know, so yeah. just mundane or ridiculous.
3: I think detention is also a nice word of them, you know, <laughs> offing him. Because, yeah. because James Woods is just a psychopath in this in this Had movie, been... it really? Yeah, is. I
5: don't know if we can believe what he said in the beginning about. Remember when the the two guys were tased and he asked if they were dead, and he yeah. said, "I don't like violence." But yeah. as crazy as he is, though,
3: no, oh, yeah, do really that, You don't, kind of really know, you you don't know if you
5: can believe him when he said that. <laughs> That's, that's
3: kind of the that's the whole point of them. So yeah, now he's just this psychopath who's just obsessed about getting his old job back and getting test scores up enough to cause a second ice age. That man really needed therapy. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Much like the real James Woods.
3: Yes, the real James Woods does also need therapy, but whether he's going to get it or not, you know, whatever.
2: He's still very good at playing an asshole.
3: Mhm. But I mean, is it acting at that point then? Yeah. <laughs> it's not acting.
2: Uh, I also just want to. Uh, I want to just mention the when when the whole thing fails when the the laser is or the when the the baseball hits the the tractor beam the second ice agent ball, air. and and yeah. um, and all of that falls apart. The moment where Benedict is like anguishing over his failure and then all of the kids just fucking cheer. (laughs) That is such a mood. That is such a mood. That's like, yeah, fuck you. All of your hopes and dreams are dashed. Good.
3: Well, I mean, that man was trying to bring on a second ice age to destroy summer vacation. So, I mean, I cheer too.
0: The, the real. Like when we found re- out that
3: Donald Trump lost.
0: It, exactly <laughs> the the real life equivalent of that is that one photo of Trump coming back to the White House, looking at all the celebrators after he lost, and just you actually see tears in his eyes, and it's like the, <laughs> it's it's the only time you've ever seen Donald Trump look sad, and it it's fucking awesome.
1: All my plans,
0: my hopes and dreams, ruined.
1: Roar! <gasps>
2: Benedict,
3: yeah, yeah. It, it's great. Beautiful.
2: It's so so. It's good. like, and I'm I'm
3: very thirsty
2: for your tears, sir. Yes, the the those good old conservative tears, drinking them out of my conservative tears mug. Also, the the second in command that's like, I was only following orders. Yeah, good luck with your Nuremberg defense, buddy. <laughs>
4: I feel like a lot of the dialogue for James Woods' character feels like it was written for James Woods. Um, yeah, it gives me very
0: Hades vibes. Some of what oh, yeah. he says. Yeah, like, it's oh, less what? explicit. It it's less explicitly a Katzenberg impression than Hades is, but yeah. it's still Katzenberg very similar. Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely still feels like James Woods.
3: Oh, you got a spot on your tongue. Oh, huh? what? Where? Ah.
5: Does anybody? Have this on DVD or did we all watch it on Disney Plus? I watched Disney, on Plus. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. No. On the, <laughs> I have on on the a recess Plus. on the recess uh fandom.com wiki there. That uh I guess the DVD has some bonus features on it. hmm I rented like most DVDs
0: do. And uh um, I, I I rented the DVD as a kid, so I vaguely remember the bonus features. Yeah, there's One called animation
5: camp, a a behind the scenes look at. Recess and Recess schools out hosted by Ashley Johnson. Yeah, I watched why, that. why Netflix. can't they put some of the stuff on Disney Plus cuz I
2: sometimes There they is do. a tab.
5: Sometimes they do, but in this one I went to the extras tab and they had a 1 minute clip that from yeah. I guess that they used as a promotional clip.
4: Yeah, they do that. There's a lot where it's just clips from the movie which is like I'm going to see these when I watch the movie so it's not yeah. really extra.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's like what's the point of having them on there you know. Maybe it's because they wanted to do um what Netflix sometimes does, you know, play a it'd be annoying and like play a little clip of the movie beforehand, yeah. but I guess they couldn't really te- get the technology to do it so they're just like, oh, well, I mean, we'll we'll put these clips in another little folder, maybe somebody will get enjoyment out of them cuz
4: I remember one reason I'm really glad to have like the Gravity Falls um DVDs is I'm pretty sure none of those features are on
0: Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, Shout the
2: factory DVD. There's no way any of those are
0: going to be on plus, right? Shout Factory is its own level. I feel like this movie would be kind of inaccessible to anyone who didn't watch the show.
3: <laughs> right, there is a lot of stuff that you need to know about the show before you go and watch the movie. You can't just go into the movie yeah. outright. You you're gonna have you have at- questions.
0: You at least need to know who the characters are because the movie doesn't really introduce anybody.
3: Yeah, right.
0: Um, Which is all the more baffling to me that it's like, okay, so you made a movie clearly with fans of the show in mind, not thinking about general audiences, but you still, like, lots of recurring characters not showing up. And even in all the massive crowd scenes you have, characters who are in almost every episode in the background not showing up here and it it, it seems like it was trying to split the difference between being for the fans and being for general audiences and
1: right
0: it, it kind of fell on the side of being better for the fans but not really making any sense if you didn't know there was a show
3: right yeah. right
2: I think the Phineas and Fer movies, um, especially with Candace Against the Universe, really strike a nice balance of you can watch this having not seen an episode of the show and still get it. Because they explain to you what happens in the show normally, like, really quickly. And then it's like, okay, but we're not even going to really be doing that. Let's go. It wasn't really a fourth wall
5: break, but like in Mission Marvel where, where Schmertz says, Something about, you know, and my br- brother, the mayor, I think I may have mentioned that a time or two before, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and anytime Phineas and Ferb did a special that they knew would get an outside audience or a movie, they were very good at finding the balance between laying out the information that someone who hadn't watched the show yet would need to know, mm-hmm. but also being more rewarding for people who are familiar with the series already.
2: Yeah, right.
0: And the other thing that um, our
2: friend Jonathan Edward, who was not able to make um, this recording, would also point out is that there is tons of background cameos in Candace Against the Universe from basically any, almost any character who has existed in the show as a
0: character model at some point showed up in the background of that baseball game at the end. Okay. And that was a world where they didn't need to do that because not everybody in Danville needed to be there, whereas here they're saying they're getting every kid from the school so why aren't we seeing every kid from the school i didn't realize i'd be this hung up on this detail
3: (laughs) give me my corn chip girl damn it i'm
0: just saying i'm just saying they did that whole romeo juliet episode where Gus and corn chip girl had the secret friendship while their dads were enemies and that Mm -hmm. was a really cute episode and ever ever since then i i'm i'm like very fond of that character
3: you gotta look for corn chip girl wherever she is Mm, corn chips. Yeah, I'm getting hungry.
2: So <laughs> she just called Corn Chip Girl because she really liked corn chips? Pretty yeah. much.
0: Mm, okay.
3: <laughs> like, right.
0: like we said, ev- everybody in the playground had one element for their identity.
3: Corn Chip Girl was just, she really, really loved corn chips.
0: The, digger, the diggers just like digging. You know, it's
3: hustler kids' soul stuff. <laughs> mm hmm. Upside Down was, Girl was Upside
2: Down. So everyone has their one hyper fixation and that's it. There was
0: also uh, Opera Kid. There was... Uh, I'm trying to remember all the other characters. There <laughs> there were so many. Mostly who were just one gag characters, but they would use that gag whenever necessary. Also, everybody was surprised to hear Robert Goulet's voice coming out of Mikey uh, when he's on the bus. Even though he performed like publicly before at the School Christmas pageant, which was broadcast on television in Universe. So everybody's heard Mikey sing. It's well, amazing. I think
3: that's also kind of circling back to the general audiences where it's like, oh, yeah, in case you didn't know, our character Mikey here has this quirk where it, he sings and he sounds like Robert Goulet.
0: So having all the characters react was their attempt at broadening it to a general audience. <laughs> But they didn't bother to introduce who the character of Mikey
3: is. Right, exactly. Okay. Oh, whatever.
2: I feel like they could bring back recess today if they wanted to, just update it and it would still work, I think.
0: Oh, I'm sure eventually they'll get to the reboot with or without the original cast.
3: Yeah, I mean like with the series, with all the reboots that are happening and all that, it's like it's only a matter of time until like they get till recess gets the Boots,
4: the reboot. That is <laughs> Moana. I think was was one of the most watched movies on Disney Plus. Recently. Well, that's good. Uh,
1: that's oh, awesome.
2: Yeah. That's, an, that's an original something.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think in the je- thing is for original movies to be successful, they still have to have like you need to know who it is that's behind them. Like, oh well, it's Pixar, so or it's Disney.
0: Yeah. yeah. there there has to be a known brand.
2: Yeah. Right. Brand. That's really who it's about. I was wondering. I'm like. I'm like. Yeah, um, Dave. I remember you saying something really similar. that I realized. Oh yeah, that was on the um, podcast. The, the most recent uh, at home with the Dawgins. podcast, I think it was, where you said something like that, where it's like people don't have time to watch um, original stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've, I've I've talked on my Patreon podcast. Uh, not that we're plugging just yet, but <laughs> just, just, just about how I'm. Even when there's things that are on my radar, it's like, oh yes, I do want to watch that when I have the time. But then when I have the time, I'm just like so drained and overwhelmed. And it's exactly. like, yeah. exactly. if I'm going to have something on, it's going to be something that I can ignore or something that right. I, like a comfort food something.
3: Right, a comfort video or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, that's, that's just been, that's kind yeah. of everybody's mood right now. It's like, I don't want to yeah, do new things. I just want to watch what I like. because i don't want to devote time into something
2: i want to to try to get something different for lunch today but if that doesn't work out or if that if that ends up being a thing where it's like oh well this was a frozen thing in a pouch that i didn't realize was something like that where i have to like be very careful about how i reheated in the microwave it's like you know i think i'm just gonna go with the mac and cheese that i know and love
0: because there is too much content and by recording a podcast we are part of the problem
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the perfect note to end on. So does anyone have
3: anything they want to plug? Um, Again, my TikTok, it's um, at Ghouli Hime G-L, Guli and then H-I-M-E. You, it's also Heim. I say Hime because I'm weird like that. Um, follow me on Twitter, um, ghoulish underscore gabs. Um, I say funny shit. Um, and I talk a lot about Disney stuff. Um, I'm also hopefully working on a video about Light Magic, which was a parade at Disneyland that (laughs) I kind of hyper-focused on for a little bit, so.
4: (laughs) Well, my Twitter is at Micah Hirsch, um, is my main Twitter. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Fireblast Studios, where, as mentioned at the beginning, I have my most, currently my most popular Um, videos are animations from Tony Goldmark's podcast where I take excerpts from that and animate them, the best of Escape from Walt Disney. Um, I also have a series that's currently on hiatus called The and Pippin Show and um, a new series that I'm working on right now called Park Tunes, which David actually did a voice for the first episode. So that will be coming out at some point. I also do a podcast called The Emperor's New Podcast where I talk about The Emperor's New Groove and all the spinoffs and related media. Um, and I have a Patreon, which is also Fireblast Studios.
5: Um, yes, uh, my Twitter is at autohedjacent, and I occasionally tweet out like some fan art things, and uh, I have a website, showmecartoons.com, and when I'm not working like 50 plus hours a week, I, uh, I'm working on a cartoon series, Eddie on the Clock, which kind of like satire of like my day job so
2: basically yeah yeah
5: so still working on one of those right
2: now so that one it'll it'll get done eventually i say i say this every time you mention it but that's going to (laughs) be really fun i'm very excited for that
5: so i actually did a little bit of work on one of the backgrounds in the first half of our recording here so Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) i have the things i've been on this show before so you've heard me talk about my things but uh Yeah, doggins.com has the links to all my things, D-O-G-G-A-N-S. I tweet a lot, and my profile picture on Twitter is from one of the aforementioned Escape from Vault Disney animations. So thank you, Micah. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel, Starport97.
2: I have a whole bunch of new videos planned over there, and I'm really excited for that. I have a New Year's video I want to do soon, but I don't know. I've been crazy busy this week. (laughs) You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Anchor and all the other usual places. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Starport 97 on YouTube. Leave us a review and give us five stars. And join us next week when we talk about everyone's favorite crime-fighting teenager, Kim Possible, for a full episode this time. Now
1: listen while I play, 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 my green jam. Listen, and I'll play my green tambourine listen and I'll play oh yeah my green tambourine I'll play my green tambourine if you listen I will play